what's up everyone thanks for tuning in to another episode of the dc power play i'm your host sabir and you can find me on twitter at please win dc i'm joined tonight by drew gallagher and uh you can find him on twitter as well at robostop10 and amanda is not with us tonight but i'm sure she'll be back with us next week uh just so you know everyone we do this podcast for one of the top sports websites in the district it's called dmvsportsnetwork.com, and they can be followed on Twitter at dmv underscore sn. Uh, they have a lot of great daily content on all things DC sports, in addition to college sports as well. So please be sure to subscribe to our show if you enjoy it, uh, wherever podcasts are available, which includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And uh, also, we're putting these um, podcasts on YouTube as well. So without further ado, let's jump right into it, Drew. And start with the game recaps, uh, the week of um, starting with the game at San Jose, which was a week ago and somewhat of a surprise result. I don't think any of us had a good feeling about this game, but the Caps pulled out a victory, uh, a 5-1 victory at that. Um, Just a great game overall from the Caps. Uh, Even after giving up an early San Jose uh, goal, they came back and scored five unanswered. Uh, They forced turnovers and had odd man rushes. And at least recently, this was pretty much the closest thing we've seen the Caps uh, play to um, the way they played in the playoffs last season. So uh, just a really surprise result. Um, Pretty proud of the guys there. What were some of your takeaways from the San Jose game? I would say that I, I I was not looking forward to watching this game. Uh, I had someone ask me, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm thinking about watching it. Uh, should I waste my time?" And I was like, "No, they they never play well in, in San Jose, uh, real uh, historically." Uh, I now I regret it after after the watching the game, um, a, a game that uh, was just kind of sh- playing. Like I said, we you know, we've been talking about how they've been playing uh, uneven, inconsistent. Um, in this particular game, they, they were great. Um, I thought they played one of the more complete games of the year. And I don't. they came out and they were skating. Uh, the passes were crisp. Uh, I thought that they kind of uh, lessened their the, the issues with the penalties. Uh, they played really, really well. And, and you know, to dominate San Jose – a team that was actually dominating on their home ice up to that point uh, was they did gr- they had a great game and I, I just could you know, hopefully they're gonna they would bottle that for the rest of the uh, road trip. Yeah, and I remember tweeting after the game like just being thankful that they finally played well in in front of Holpe because they had been kind of leaving him out to dry in recent games and uh, to be able to hold San Jose to just one goal is really impressive. So uh, just I think we probably shocked those fans out there in Cali uh, who usually see their team win every game there at the tank. But um, like we said, Caps played really well this game. Unfortunately, it did not continue into their next game. And like you said, Drew, the inconsistency showed up. So now they played uh, a Ducks team and Anaheim Ducks who, who have not been playing well at all recently, who have just been struggling to score in general. The Caps ended up losing 5-2. to two. Uh, so this was an ugly loss, pretty much an opposite of the San Jose game. Um, some things I noticed was the forwards not playing uh, good enough defense. I remember one instance, Kuzi's guy is going to the net and he peels off and is going towards the puck 
where two defenders are already there. I, I just mm-hmm. don't know what's going through their heads sometime. Um, good news, you know, Ovi scored his 40th goal. Um, but, but you know, overall, like I said, Ducks couldn't score, and they put up, but they put up five on the Caps that game. And um, that's just – it was just bad to see after playing so well in San Jose, kind of a letdown, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was it was a, a pretty poor performance again. Um, you know, you've had a, they had a couple of days off from the San Jose game. This was the first of back to backs. You know, they come in, they get outshot thirty nine twenty five. They're they only are thirty percent in the faceoff dot, and they take four penalties, and their penalty killing is fifty percent. So the three things that they've been plaguing them all year, uh, pretty much in certainly in spots come rear their ugly heads again and it it just seemed like i don't know they just they're just their heads weren't in it they just total absence of what you saw um in san jose and you know they're just a, a real bad performance overall and just you know one of those i guess one of the tapes you thrown to the trash um you know the, the the that one goal that you speak of that it seemed like the def- the defenseman disappeared and then Kuzi didn't even go back into the defensive zone. He started going back out either for a change or out to center for some reason. Uh, and it was like a two on O just was atrocious. I think it's probably the worst shift that I think I've seen all year from this team in that one sequence. It was terrible. Yeah. It's just kind of like we've seen it before, how they're just kind of taking the easy way out or cutting corners, meaning like they think, they think they're getting the puck out of the zone and they're starting to leave the zone before it actually happens. And then, you know, the opponent is go- coming back towards our net. Um, but also correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Oshie got hurt this game. Um, I don't, yes, I don't remember he had an upper body injury. Okay. And do you know if it was a head injury? Cause I know he played the next game, which was good to see, but I don't remember if it was a head shot or it was just upper body in general, I guess. From my, I didn't see it, and I went to look, try to look back to find it, uh, and I did, and I really couldn't locate it. So I, I know it happened. I think early in the, I think it was a, sometime in the first or early second, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, they described it as an upper body, but not a concussion, because you know he's had the concussion history, uh, you know most notably the one from Thornton, uh, and the one from Malcolm, the, those two in particular. But um, they were describing his upper body, so I was I was assuming it was shoulder because you know the next night in L.A. Uh, he was playing, so obviously it wasn't something that was too serious, something kind of like maybe a, a minor a minor thing. Yeah, it's always um, kind of nervous whenever Oshie gets hit up high because we all know his concussion history. Um, but so after the Ducks game, uh, the Caps continued their. Uh, trip out west and went to the LA Kings where they were able to pull off a 3-2 victory. Uh, they were up 3-0 in this game. Um, it got kind of close at the end, but um, overall the Caps, I think, played a solid game. Uh, Copley gets the win, which is good to see. Um, Ovechkin with two goals. I, I think they were both power play goals, I'm pretty sure. And, um, you know, regardless of the opponent, you know, Kings aren't a very good team this year. It was a great bounce back game for the Caps when, you know, you kind of had to have it after playing pretty poorly uh, the night before. So uh, it was just good to see. Do you have any takeaways from the Kings game? Yeah, an- a- another another good game after a bad one. Uh, I-, I thought in the, you know, in the third period, they had a couple lapses 
Um, the the one from Ayafalo where he went down the slot and the defenseman didn't pick him up was a was a bit of a breakdown. Uh, and, but you know, and then Kovalchuk got something late, which is just roll, you know, minor. But overall, uh, I thought they played well. Uh, they've got a couple, as you said, a couple player play goals from Vechkin. Their defense was much better. They're back, you know, back to playing, you know, the way that they can play. Um, again, the the one glaring, you know, the glaring problem right now with them is their faceoffs. Uh, you know, in the LA game, they were only thirty three percent. Another game of of under fifty, obviously, but also under forty percent. They're just getting killed in the dot, and I think that's part of the problem um, as far as possession for them, as far as you know, getting worn down. Not, you know, obviously not at. Um, on the power play, excuse me, at the penalty kill, you know, but at five on five. So uh, a, a big two points, and again, in a place that they normally don't do well, you know, I think the, they said the last time they had won in LA, 2005. Right. So the, great to see them get a, a big win because the two big points, you know, points are, hard, are, are essential now because uh, they're in the thick of the race. You know, you could easily – with three bad games, be on the outside looking in. So it was two big points for them and uh, a good game, I think, overall. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so then we move on to the game that we both just watched at Toronto. Turned out to be a 3-2 victory again for the Cavs. This was an important game for them. I didn't know which way it would go um, against an opponent that had beaten us already twice this year and pretty much blown us out twice this year. So uh, the Cavs put together a really strong game. Um, even though it was just a one-goal victory, um, they did, I think, frustrate Toronto for most of the game, especially the first two periods. Uh, I will say that Holpe was great, uh, and he had to be at times. Um, but the Caps had a lot of pushback, and they had chances of their own. Uh, Ovechkin stayed hot with a power play goal. That's four straight power play goals for Ovechkin, um, which is interesting because throughout most of the season he had a lot of even strength goals and really not that many power play goals but now uh the pp goals are starting to rack up for him like we're used to seeing um conley also stayed hot with a great goal um he has now i I believe tied his career high with 15 goals in a season so he's definitely going to surpass that this season uh which is just great to see because it just gives balance throughout the whole lineup uh i will say that Toronto did start tilting the ice in third in the third period. And that's when the big goal from Tom Wilson came shorthanded, which kind of stopped all of Toronto's momentum. Uh, it was a, it was a great pass from Eller uh, up the ice right into Tom's stride. And he made no mistake uh, giving the caps a three, one lead at the time with about, you know, 10, 13 minutes left or so in the third period. Uh, again, that was, that really halted other, but the momentum and the hometown kid you know the toronto born kid tom wilson did it in his uh i'm sure in front of friends and family there and really shut the crowd up uh but what were some of your thoughts on this game uh it was a really big two points yeah it was a huge two points and i was i was kind of worried going into this game because toronto as you said has been um just skating all over the caps this year um unlike last year and i was concerned going into this game that Toronto being at home um, would have, uh, you know, I got the crowd behind them. They've been playing well. Caps have been up and down. Um, just didn't know which team for the, you know, which Caps team would show up, but they were ready right off the, what right off the bat. Um, 
I what I noticed was they were skating. They were the forecheck was was uh, obvious. They were putting pressure on the defense like they were late last year, and they were playing their game. Uh, they went up three nothing. Uh, you know, Ovechkin gets his forty third uh, of the year on a great shot, similar to what I what was the Tampa Bay. The one I noticed was similar to the Game Seven <laughs> yep. Tampa Bay goal. Yes, not as not as far out, but basically almost the same type of play uh, from the opposite side of the ice. And they get and they got the jump on him early. Um, the 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 good thing I noticed about them was that um, the penalty kill uh, was good. They only took two penalties all game. Um, didn't let them score. They the turnaround was over two. And like I said, we they got one of their own. Um, I, the, the other you know the issue again, thirty two percent on faceoffs. Um, that's not good. They got they definitely need to bring that up. And, you know, and Toronto had 42 shots on goal. And the only reason they win this game um, is obviously the shorthanded goal is a game-winning goal. But Braden Holpe uh, tonight played outstanding, uh, stood on his head, made a huge uh, few saves early. Um, and then the, the Brown uh, shot, uh, with, with the, he kind of got, got a great pass, just kind of dropped in his lap. Yeah, the alley um, pass. Yeah, and he stacked the pads on him to make the save. Was the biggest save of the game. He kept them um, at bay uh, long enough, uh, you know, to to wrap it up. But uh, Holpe was, I think, Holpe, Wilson, Verona were the three best players tonight in that game. Yeah, Holpe definitely gets the top star for me in this game. Uh, without him, Toronto could have easily had four or five goals this game. And it's weird because you know we're saying the Caps played well, but. That doesn't mean that Toronto didn't have chances and some good chances. And with their skill that they have to hold them to just two goals, their second goal being in, you know, while they were empty netter or with, well, they had an empty net. Um, it was pretty impressive to hold them to two goals. But uh, this game was important for the Caps in another reason, not just the two points, but just to feel like they can beat Toronto uh, and not get swept, you know, just in case you see them in the playoffs, at least, you would go into that series knowing that you had beaten them at least once um, and not just been completely dominated throughout the whole series. Um, but beside that, do you have any other final thoughts on the Toronto game? I thought that um, one of the one player, a couple, actually a couple of players I, I was pleased to see. I thought juice was uh, really good tonight. I think he's the good balance with Orpic. I know Orpic was a minus two tonight. Uh, I think he got kind of um, – I think at one point he was on the ice with Carlson on because of the change. But I think Juice, since he's been back, is now he's getting his legs. I think he's been playing better each game. And they need him uh, at, on that third pair. Uh, I think he's he just gets the puck out quick and he can skate. Uh, he's been, been getting better. And then the other um, – one other player that I thought really was good tonight was Connolly. Um Overall, I think the third line, uh, Burkowski, Eller, and Connolly have been playing really, really well the last couple of weeks, and have kind of stood out. I think you know Burkowski still has some issues, uh, you know, maintaining control of the puck and getting muscled off on the boards at times. But that line together has really stood out last few games. And then Connolly himself, uh, you know, he I think he got his 15th goal tonight, uh, which is think is his career high if i'm not mistaken 15th uh, is tied his career high tied his career high okay so but
but he's really been noticeable of late and, and really asserting himself um, and really playing well. And I've been pleased that, you know, that line itself has kind of started to show up to take some of the uh, pressure off the top too. Yeah, no doubt. Eller has certainly had his passing stick lately and Conley's had his shooting, his scoring touch, uh, which is really good to see. And, and we have talked about recently how good Burakovsky has been as well, the third line overall. Um, but, all right, so before we continue, everyone, and talk about the big news about uh, the Caps trading for Carl Hagelin, I just want to remind everyone of uh, the DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. Uh, we have nine total shows, including shows for the Redskins, the Capitals, of course, uh, Nationals, Wizards, Ravens, and uh, eventually fantasy football as well when that time comes around. And we have a pair of mixed bag shows called It's About Time DC and Dom and Thunder. Uh, we also have a debate show called DMV Dispute, and that is available via live stream on Twitter. And all these shows are available uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So please like the, uh, like these or subscribe to these podcasts and leave a review if you, if you want. Uh, we would appreciate all of that. Okay, so, Drew, the big news that we found out uh, this afternoon was um, one, of the, one of the bombshell droppings is the Capitals have, have landed Carl Hagelin from the L.A. Kings um, just for a third-round pick and a conditional pick uh, in the 2020 draft. So you don't give up a player, and you land a pretty solid player, in my opinion. I've always been a kind of secret fan of Hagelin just because I've always loved his speed. Um, and he's obviously hurt the Caps in the past when he played for the Rangers and the Penguins, of course. But, you know, he's only 30 years old. Um, I thought he was older than that. I found out he was 30. That's not too bad. I'm sure he still has uh, a lot of speed. And, um, you know, he hasn't scored or produced much on the score sheet this year, but I feel like on a good team with the Caps, he can really be a solid piece for a playoff run. Uh, What are some of your initial reaction when you heard about this trade? Yeah, it, it's interesting as, you know, the work up to it was, you know, that it was going to be Yaskin that got sent to waivers and, oh, no, no, now it's going to be DSP. And so DSP clears waivers. And then the rumor started that it was the, the, it was going to be the Kings that they were going to potentially be dealing with, uh, potentially Haglin, potentially to, uh, uh, to Foley, uh, Lewis, uh, maybe even Kyle Clifford. Uh, and then as the day went on, they said, well, look, it looks like it's going to be Haglin. And so... My my fear is: Are we getting the ha- are we getting Haglin now? Who's on, uh, you know, maybe a product of being on the Kings, or is is is, is he starting easy over the hill all at thirty? Or are we going to be getting the Haglin of three to five years ago, who was killing the Caps in the playoffs? So you know, my my thing is: is I'm hoping that we're getting the same player that was ripping our hearts out, and you know, in the, in the playoffs for the last you know, over that five-year stretch, uh, you know, he has the speed. He plays the penalty kill. Um, I think he slots in on the third line. Uh, you're looking at maybe Haglin, Eller, and Connolly, and either Burkowski gets to, sent to the fourth line or the press box or what I think is I think he's going to be traded. Um, so, but I, I think that Haglin brings – uh, he, he has the most experience, playoff experience. He, he has he's played 121 playoff games, and that's most in the league among active uh, players. Yeah, among that's, active that's players. Amazing. So you know, I, I think that 
you know, he's got a, a rapport with, with Backstrom, you know, the fellow Swede. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that it, this could really work out well. Uh, I'm, I don't, I don't have a problem giving up uh, a third round pick. Even a conditional one is, is a six round pick next year. It's, it's throw away. But, um, you know, that leaves the cast with only four picks in the next year in this year's draft. And they are now only $25,000 away from the cap, which means I think that they they're on, on target to probably do something else. But, uh, I, I think that Hagelin will be a good fit and, um, it'd be interesting to see how he plays in Buffalo on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And, uh, you briefly touched on it, you know, where does he slot into this lineup? Um, if you assume that Burakovsky stays and they keep the third line together, then he would have to be a fourth liner. Um, overall, True. I think uh, he's an improvement over DSP. Uh, uh, I love Devante and how well he played in the playoffs. We would not have won the cup without him. Um, but the truth is just so far this year, it, it, he's been non-existent for most of the year. And, um, and, you know, it's possible that a player like Hagelin can just add a spark that could really kind of put you over the top. Um, and again, you know, we're not looking for an elite goal scorer from Haglin, but we're looking at someone who can apply pressure uh, to the opponent and just be sound defensively. You know, doesn't turn the puck over and does a good job of getting it out of our zone, which I think are some of his strengths. Uh, and obviously he's a great penalty killer. Um, you know, I don't think they signed him or, you know, traded for him because he's a great penalty killer. I think the better thing would just be to you know stop taking so many penalties um but regardless he'll probably play on the pk um and you know we'll see how he does uh i think you know he's someone who can kind of fit into every line you know i've heard people say you can play him up and down the lineup um so we'll see i'm excited to see him play against buffalo the caps next game and um and you know some minor details if people are interested i'm pretty sure the kings are retaining 50 percent of their of his salary and I also saw somewhere on Twitter that Pittsburgh is still paying him a little bit. Yes. Uh, yes. I don't know if you know. From the first trade. What's that? Yeah, from his first trade, when he got traded to L.A., they retained some salary, apparently, for L.A. And, yeah, they are still – they're paying him, and L.A. is retaining half, so they're paying him as well. Okay. Well, how crazy would that be if he scores against Pittsburgh and he's <laughs> Pittsburgh's uh, paying him to score against them in the playoffs? That would be – some sweet um but you know overall now the next question is do you think the caps are done and i've got a feeling that you you don't believe they are done you think there's some more uh you know workings in the mix here before the trade deadline um and i agree because i think there's still some scouts at caps games um and uh we'll see if burkowski is moved or you know if yaskin you know hits the trade you know trading block um, but do you have any predictions of what else can go down for the Caps? Yeah, I don't think um, Brian McClellan's done yet. Like I said, like we were talking about uh, earlier, they're twenty five thousand dollars from the cap, so I don't think he wants to stay there. Um, you know, Burkowski is the one that all most of the year has been on the trade block. You know, McClellan's been true to his word. Hey, look, you know, I'm not in a hurry, in a hurry to move him. I like to try to keep him. But, you know, we're going to keep our, our options open um, on him. So my thing is, is that they're, he's just they're not going to pay him three point two five million dollars, which is what he's scheduled to be offered as an RFA next year 
for the production that they're getting from him right now. Uh, he's, he's just he's inconsistent. Um, as we talked about, he is playing better on that line, but it's just they're just not going to pay him that type of money when they can bring up someone uh, who, from from Hershey, for example, that they might be able to get better play from. So my guess is I think that he's most likely to be moved by the deadline. Now the question is, is where? Uh, tonight there's been um, some uh, Twitter activity in the, in the sense that the St. Louis Blues have been scouting the Caps and scouting Hershey for the last uh, week or two. And we have uh, trade history with St. Louis. We, we do. Um, they had two scouts at the game tonight with Toronto. As a matter of fact, their assistant general manager and director of player personnel were at the game to scout the Caps tonight. Um, and so that's the fourth game in a row that at least two scouts have been at a Caps game to scout them. So I think there's some fire there. The question is, is what would potentially come from St. Louis? Um, I would suspect that you might see Burkowski and another body, whether it be Yaskin. Maybe they do a bigger deal. Maybe it's Burkowski and Orloff and you get someone like Shen, someone like Pareko. Uh, Petra Angelo, yeah. um, defensively speaking. But I think what they need is bottom six help. They need a player that can take face-offs and can play the wing. And I think that you can potentially look at Pareko, Fabry, uh, maybe even Shen. Um, the interesting part was Shen was scratched tonight with a potential quote-unquote injury, but hadn't been had played in the last couple of games, and there was no mention that he got hurt or missed any time. So... Like I said, with the with the deadline, I think a lot of teams play, uh, you know, play cloak and dagger with their players. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens between now and Monday. But I suspect that McClellan's not done yet. Yeah. And then specifically with St. Louis, the interesting point is that they've been playing really well. Winners of their last 11 games, they're right back in the playoffs. So they're not exactly maybe sellers like we thought they would be midseason. So I don't know if that changes anything, but. I really like the idea of maybe uh, I can't pronounce the defender's last name, uh, Pete Peter Angelo, uh, Petrangelo. Yeah, yeah, Petrangelo. Yeah, Petrangelo. Uh, he's a pretty good defender and would certainly be uh, a welcomed addition to this Caps defense. Um, but we will certainly see uh, what happens um, because with the Haglin trade, something you did not address is the faceoffs. So uh, you know he's not someone that really is. You know that's not his strength. So that is still a weakness on this team, uh, something that we will see if the GM of the Caps addresses. Um, besides that, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Carl Haglin and um, seeing what he brings to the team. Uh, are there any final thoughts you have on this trade? Or are you just kind of, you know, in wait and see mode? Like I think a lot of Caps fans are. They're not, you know, over the hill for, over the, for the trade, but they're also not down in the dumps. They're kind of just in the middle. Um, and you know, you just kind of have to see how well he plays with us. Yeah. I think this is kind of like a, a kind of like a tryout for Hagelin. I don't know how it will ultimately work out. I mean, for example, if he wants to stick around after the season, then maybe they can work something out. Um, I, you know, I know we'll probably, get, you know, it's a little early to talk about, but you know, the caps are going to look a l- really different next year. Because they've got at they've got at least three UFAs, I believe, three or four. And they've got another four or five RFAs, and you know Burkowski, one of them probably won't be here. So, 
I, their offensive look is going to be looking a little different. They might actually be getting younger. So I'd be interested to see how they do, how Hagelin kind of fits in um, at the end of the year here. If it actually works out real well, you know, let's say they go back to back. Maybe he wants to stick around and stay. Uh, maybe at the what he's making, you know, he was I think he was making four million a year with L.A. Maybe that they keep him there. Maybe a slight raise. Um, I guess, like you said, he's only thirty. I mean, he's he probably can look at another four or five year contract at a modest you know, four, 4.25 again, something like that. Uh, if not, then, you know, I think he can be replaced with somebody in Hershey for sure. So, but I, I think that he's going to complement that, that, that bottom six really well. And I'm interested to see how he kind of plays on, on Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, he's 30, but it's kind of like a young 30. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's had any major injuries. Has he? Um, he was injured early in the year okay. for LA. He missed, he missed a, a, a pretty good chunk of time. I think he had a, a knee injury, if memory serves, or a lower body injury of some kind. And so he's he's been back a good handful of games since then. But he, he did miss a little bit of time early on. Okay. Okay. So that is something maybe to monitor. But I'm sure he's pretty much back to almost 100% if he's played recently. Um, but besides that, I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Caps fans, um, thanks for listening in. Uh, we can't wait to see uh, how Carl plays with the Caps, and and we just hope the Caps keep playing well because they played pretty well on this road trip. They're going to wrap it up uh, in Buffalo. We hope they come out with two points there. Um, it'll be a tough East matchup uh, against an opponent that's uh, you know dying for points, especially two points. Um, so again, my name is Sabir. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PleaseWinDC and Drew as well at RoboStop10. Thanks for listening in to the DC Power Play. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you, Drew. Have a, you, see you later. Have a good evening.